and dad jokes. <laughs> when you start those. Oh, well, I don't know. I've always had dad jokes. <laughs> I had two good teachers. <laughs> mm, mm, mm. Track up. <laughs> I drive eight mental now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I dropped one the other day and she just looked at me and went, really? <laughs> yes. Yes, really. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Uh, dad jokes. Dad jokes is where we're at. <laughs> mm. Got any for us now? Nah, nothing for something. Nah. Isn't that funny? Yeah. Nah. Yeah. I'm on show. It's yeah, right. show exactly. We're recording. <laughs> we're recording. We're in. <laughs> Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. We've got Drew McKenna with us, fellow dad. Hence the dad joke reference. Although maybe we need to pick up our game a bit. My dad used to have about eight dad joke books next to him, so where he sat on the toilet and <laughs> time well invested, I'm sure. But uh, we've got Drew joining us today. Drew's a phenomenal athlete. Huh. <laughs> Does his best. He's <laughs> joining me in the uh, in the headquarters, the RDM headquarters, and wanted to talk and share his story today. Uh, he does do training, mixture well, CrossFit predominantly. Yep. Yes, yep. yeah, and uh, he's been in the forest for essentially twenty years, which is pretty cool. Just told me then, I knew he'd been a fire, but it's a long time, man. It is. We've seen a lot of things. Yeah, yeah, fair bit. It actually, it it was confronting when you said it's been nearly twenty years, and I went, mm. "Wow, yeah, I've been doing this a long time." Mm. Um, started out with the bushies back when I was eighteen in '99, and then got in the full time brigades. At uh, March in 07. Yeah, wow. Yeah, it's quite a journey. Never looked back since? No, not at all. Yeah, yeah. Straight in. Onwards yeah. and upwards. Yeah, <laughs> unreal. So, um, and obviously your father as well. Yep, yep. Uh, little girl, she's five. Hmm. And um, keeps me on my toes. Keeps hmm. me and the missus on the toes. She's a lot like me, so she, she can we can go toe-to-toe pretty well. So she's got the good dad jokes as well. <laughs> well, I don't know about dad jokes, but she can... Um, She's got plenty of fire in her belly anyway, put it that way. Mm, that's important. Mm. Yeah, that's what I try and help raise uh, Stella and, well, Lillian as she gets a bit older with. It's important for them to have that. So fire is for 20 years. It's um, it's pretty amazing, man. Any close calls? Many? Yeah, a few. Um, had a few back when with the bushies where um, fires got away on you and or other crews have done things that have... It's just contributed to a perfect storm kind of thing and you end up in the wrong spot at the wrong time. Mm. Had others where you don't actually um, know the severity of the job until later on when you look back at it and you go, well, I probably shouldn't have done that. Mm. But at the time, because the level of training that we have and PPE and all that kind of thing, you, you get there and you go, well, I'm prepared for it. This is my job. I've put my hand up to do it. Mm. And uh, in, with the training and everything that we have, it's enough to you um, you look at the risk and it's calculated risk where I look at a lot of other things and I go, I'm never doing that. I'm never going to go and bungee jump off a bridge because it's a perfectly good bridge. Why would I go and do that? Mm. Um, but then I'll go into a burning house because I'm trained for it and for me it's, it's calculated risk. I can control mm. to, to, to a degree what um, like my own safety as well. Yeah. yeah. So I've had a few where roofs come down on you on, when you're in the middle of a job and a roof comes down or you get hit with roof tiles and things like that, a few mm. explosions and mm. and electrical things, but it's not until later on that you go, well, yeah, I probably shouldn't have done that or what we, did, what we had to do and then it did get pretty warm inside and that kind of thing. So, mm. yeah. Yeah, unreal, man. Mm. Funny you talk about the, the heat 
uh, I went away last week out to a little farm area and we created a little um, little fire pit mm-hmm. to roast some marshmallows and the wind changed direction and it was really warm yeah, really yeah. quickly on my legs, my arms and my face. It was actually too much for Stella and she was behind me, mm-hmm. which made me think, I can't remember when, but there was one time where I felt the true heat of a flame and it really gave me the idea of the magnitude like if an entire tree was on fire, right, you can feel that pretty far away, can't you? Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. It's unreal, man. Like what happens with – how hot does it get um, when you're in jobs or houses or all these things? Houses, they they vary in temperature from anywhere between 100 degrees to like 600, 700 degrees. Um, bushfires can get a little bit more intense and they're wind-driven, so it can jack up mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, it's, it's hot. It's mm-hmm. like it's not survival. What are the suits designed to? Uh, they're designed for radiant heat. Um, I'm off the top of my head. I couldn't tell you what the actual degrees is, um, what the breaking strain and all that sort of mm. stuff is for mm. them. But they do take a lot of lot of the um, the radiant heat out of it yeah. and stop you from burning, obviously, and yeah. and um, the and flash over the flash burns and all that kind of thing. Mm. So it does take a lot out of it. And with the stuff that we have now, even though it's hot as on the inside, it doesn't let the metabolic heat out. Mm. You're sweating the whole time. Um, it's kind of a false sense of security compared to the older stuff that we had. Mm. Where the older stuff it would touch your arm and you go, "Oh man, that's hot," because it's you could feel the heat a bit more through it. The stuff now, you don't feel the heat so much, so you, uh, you're kind of in um, an environment that you're not designed to be in. And if you're not careful, you can be in there too long, or you could be in a position yes. where it's too hot for you. You, you should be coming out now. So yeah. it's, it's one of those catch-22 things yeah. where you've got to really be aware of your surroundings and what you're doing. How do you gauge that then? Just training. Yeah. yeah. Uh, experience. Or not, yeah. Or, yeah. yeah. Training feel. experience, yeah. yeah. Seeing the flames or the tops of fires and not, it yeah. can be X amount. Yeah. Yeah, you get there and in, you when you turn up to a job, you look at the job as to what the conditions are as well. What, is it wind-driven? What's the heat coming out? Um, what's the, the flame heights and all that mm. kind of thing. Mm. So it's not just you rock up, you go bowling in through the front door and you do the job and you get home. Mm. There's some jobs where you turn up and you go, I can't go into that. So you, then you're outside and you, and you put it out from the outside. And, yeah. Or there's ways now that we can <clears throat> kind of knock down the initial risk and then go inside after we've knocked it down a little bit and taken the heat and, and, mm. and um, fire out of it a bit before, like, even before we go inside. Before, we, yeah. 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 How big's the team usually or varies? Uh, yeah, varies. All, all the stations where I'm at now um, all have four on a truck. So you have a motor driver, a station officer and two fireys. Mm. And then from the escalation of the job depends on how many trucks turn up as well. So mm. all trucks will have at least four unless it's a rescue, um, specialist rescue or a specialist aerial appliance or hazmat and they generally run with two. So mm. But they'll run with the pump. So you'll have the four guys there anyway plus the two extras. Mm, mm. Yeah, fair enough. So he's made pretty um yeah, pretty impressive stuff mm. when you break it all down and what you actually do to get the result. Yeah. And the outcome that's needed to obviously save lives mm. and control the damage. But love to know why you got into that, but actually going back even before that, mate, and just sharing a bit of your story with like growing up and whatnot yeah. and some of the different challenges and adversities that you've been through that have led to, you know, where you are now and in between why you got into the fires? Um, it's one of them things. I was always the kid that wanted to be a fire. 
mm-hmm. and I don't know why. I was like three years old and wanted to be a fiery. And um, that's all I, all I ever wanted to do. Remember, um, mum and dad's place was virtually backed onto bushland or was across the road from the bush. So mm-hmm. whenever we did have bush um, bushfires, it was when I, when I was a kid, I was terrified. But I think it was more the adrenaline, and I didn't know how to control the adrenaline when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Like you'd be standing there watching it crying your eyes out, but going, I still want to do that at the same time. And that just sort of carried through. So that was my end game for my whole career was to try and be a career fiery and get from where I had to be to there. Uh, along the way, I grew, up, um, I grew up in the 90s, so that was when everyone turned around and said that fat was bad, so everything was low-fat stuff, but then they jacked up the sugar and everything. Mm. And there wasn't a lot of... Um, there wasn't a lot of education around meal sizes and stuff either, portion sizes. So mm. I, I became a bit of a big kid growing up. Mm. It wasn't that the food that I was eating was bad. It was more the portion size. And it, at that, in that era, in the 90s, um, like mum would go, I'm doing the right thing because I'm getting the low-fat stuff. But she didn't know how to read a nutritional label and the nutrition um, mob didn't tell you that, no, we're actually removing the fat and putting the sugar in. So mm. I ended up... A heavy kid. Uh, I was uh, 18, 20, 21. I topped out at 120 kilos mm-hmm. at 5'10". So it's not mm-hmm. not kind of too good. Yeah. Um, in that was I've always played footy, but then with the footy culture came drinking beers and all that mm-hmm. sort of stuff after training, after footy, pies and whatever you could get your hands on to eat kind of thing. And the, mm-hmm. the info wasn't there. So I was I was a heavy guy, but also I always had that goal of being the, being in the fire brigade, and I had to get to nine six on the beep test and had to pass these fitness tests. So I started slowly chipping away at that to try and get mm. the weight down, try and get faster, try and get past the fitness tests mm. and all that kind of thing. Um, it took me a long time to get into the job, <clears throat> but when I did, I weighed hundred kilos when I first got in, mm. and now I weigh eighty four, mm. and just through um, information, doing my own research, training, and my own nutrition, mm. <coughs> and being picked on as a kid, being a fat kid, I don't want my daughter to have to go through that either. Mm. And I'd never want anyone that I know or anyone in, at all to have to go through that, either as a kid or as an adult. Mm. So it's and it's a place where, and you know yourself, you've always got that inner fat kid. So even though you you look spelt on the outside and you, you you might look amazing, you still feel like a fat kid from time to time on the inside. Mm. <coughs> oh, excuse me. Yeah, you're right. No, it's, it's true. It's true, man. Like I, it's funny. I was well, it was last summer, so I was probably about twelve months ago now, or just under. We we're walking um, the dogs. We we're going for a walk as a family because I live near the beach and. Yes, yeah, someone yelled out, "Put a shirt on your fat sea." And. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I still got that little yeah, initial. Yeah. It was a shock yeah. as well, someone yeah, yeah. yelling very loud, the mm. car hooting past, but still got that initial little jolt. And yeah. I was, I mean, I'm in not bad shape now, but I was in phenomenal shape then mm. coming up, getting ready for the, the CrossFit Open, which will be soon. Yeah. I was in probably almost the best shape I've ever been. I just won a couple yeah. of comps too. Yeah. <laughs> and I still got that little yeah. fat boy inside. Yeah, you do. Going, oh, yeah. Mate, maybe you should be a bit skinny. Yeah, yeah. Unreal, hey. Yeah. So, even, even now, like, like, as you say, you go to the gym and, and like, you strip the shirt off because you sweat and then you go, oh, it's just too hot, I've got to ditch it. 
later on you get every so often, oh, yeah, just put a shirt on. You just you put some weight on. And it's all in jest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the little fat kid inside goes, oh, come on, man. <laughs> that's right yeah, exactly yeah, it's a, I've copped it up in this yeah 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 I've been uh, copying shit for 30 years come yeah, on yeah, give me yeah. a break <laughs> <laughs> exactly how about I showed it now but let's yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, it's funny you uh, actually sent me a picture um, the other day and you went to school with Kate who's your I wife did, yeah, now yeah it's um when did you actually link up and start courting? Because you know? oh. I think you said you had a crush on her, did you, yeah, during school? Yeah, yeah, I crushed, crushed on her hard when I was, I don't know, about 14. I wonder if she's going to be listening yeah. to this. <laughs> well, even if she doesn't listen to it, she gives me heaps about it. That's right. I'll, I'm just totally honest with her and I've told yeah. her that. Yeah. And I uh, said, oh, yeah, actually, I always thought you were a good sort. And I went, oh, mm. yeah. And uh, here we are down, down, the, down the line. Was, mm. um, we didn't meet back up again until 2007, about September, I think. Mm. Um, but like we went to school together, went our separate ways, lived our own different lives, and we had a lot of um, mutual friends together. But we weren't kind of friends like as much like ourselves. Like I wouldn't go to her birthday party, and she wouldn't come to my birthday party, kind of thing. But we had mutual friends. Mm-hmm. I was always really good friends with her little brother, um, Rick, and I, I always say this that he had a uh, ulterior motive to get us together for years because. <laughs> Um, like we'd go for beers and, and that, and he'd always tell me what Kate was up to, and he'd always tell Kate what I was up to, even though we're living different lives, still going our own different ways. Mm-hmm. And uh, and the night that we um, caught up and met back up again, she was moving to Sydney like that weekend, and I said, "Oh, there's a few guys from from school and that down there now, so like here's my number, let me know, we'll, we'll mm-hmm. catch up and." And uh, like we'll give you a network base. Mm. She goes, oh yeah, cool, no worries. And then history down the line. Yeah. This is where we are. And yeah. and it was actually that Rick was out um, drinking with Kate that night that we I ran into him, and that's how we all yeah, ended up yeah. intertwined again. So mm. I, I even said that on our wedding night too. I went, Rick, stand up. Um, it's probably your fault that we're all standing here now. So <laughs> it was um, yeah. it was quite bizarre, especially when you tell people that you went to school together. And they think that you've been together since school or the mm. whole time. And you go, mm. no, we've got, for nearly 10 years, we just went our own way and then mm. ended up. That's just how it went. So, yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? I'm very lucky, yeah. Mm. Very, very lucky. Yeah, and you said, uh, little one, she's five. Five, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah wow. So here we are, mate. You've, you've yeah. gone, you've always wanted to be in the fireys. And yeah. probably when you're in the, yeah, still had to work your way in, like you said, yeah, with yeah. performance. And yeah, he yeah. knows, um, well, yeah, the tests, aren't they? Oh, yeah. You need yeah. to cover to get into. Yeah, there's, there's a lot. But at, at each stage, it took me maybe four or five goes, maybe five goes to get in. Mm. And at that stage, it was every two years that they were recruiting. So you get knocked back one time and then you get so far through the next time and then you get you get knocked back. And then it was kind of like a um, – I just kept going until the, the war of attrition. I went, no, this is my job and mm. I'm going to get there. And, mm. and so I just pushed it and got there. So mm. it was good. Yeah, that's awesome. What were you doing in the meantime? Uh, I had a few different jobs. I was uh, started out as a gas fitting apprentice. With mm-hmm. um, uh, it used to be oh, it's it used to be a jet. I'm trying to think. Yeah, I've had that many names, but it was the old gas company, the old um, AGL, mm-hmm. and I worked with in conjunction with them and and a um, training division, and so I became a gas fitter with them, and then oh, like <coughs> um, oh, we a gas fitter. And then went from that into home installations. Mm. So like your domestic installation from the mains to the meters. Um, did a lot of stuff with like regulate, uh, regulator and meter um, 
maintenance and all that kind of thing and mm. mains maintenance when I was with the gas company, but I ended up in the domestic side of it and mm. the, the installations to the to the meters. Uh, finished that and went into uh, a fire mitigation role at Lake Macquarie Council mm. where I was just on the crew there. We'd go and put in fire breaks and fire trails and stuff and maintain those. That was a, that was a good job. Uh, I did that for a few years and ended up a team leader there when one of the other guys moved on and I'd kind of hit the glass ceiling. That's as far as I could get for a long time because mm-hmm. um, we only had a crew of like four guys, five guys. Mm-hmm. So that was as far as I could get without having to branch into another crew. But mm-hmm. like um, my passion lied within that fire protection and that's where I, I love doing the job. I love being out in the bush, mm-hmm. love being outside and, and working with the crew that we had was really good as well. Mm-hmm. So that was a really good time in my life. But like I say, I hit that glass ceiling and I went right after all. Fire Brigade came up again and I went, I'm going to apply. And that was when I got in that time in 07. Yeah, right. Yeah. And then soon after then, you would have met Kate? Yeah, it was, so, oh, that was March 07. And then Kate and I met up again in the September of 07. Mm-hmm. Or thereabouts. Yeah. All coming together, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little boy who could. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That's where you get there and... Um, like if you look back on it now, you go, mm-hmm. I got everything that I wanted when I was a kid. And so how good is life going? But then you, you, if you take the snapshot, you go, okay, that's what I wanted then. That's what I've got now. But then the hard work that went through mm-hmm. that to get to that point was incredible. And yeah. so many twists and turns and ups and downs. And it just shows that, well, it was only um, sort of fortune that we met back up that night with, mm-hmm. with Kate and I. But everything else leading up to that point got the job got everything else that I wanted, I was goal-driven and that's what I wanted. So mm. I wasn't going to stop until that's what I got to. Got to. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, so I just I made everything else work around it. Yeah. You get your setbacks and then you go, ah, oh, okay, regroup, go again. Mm. And, mm. Uh, and it's a lot like with everything. You just go, okay, yeah, I ate a shit sandwich this week, but next week will be fine. So yeah. or it all comes back around eventually, mm. whether it's next week, next year, but it all comes back. Mm. Fascinating, man. And credit to you for sticking the course and staying resilient with it when most, well, almost certainly most people give in or mm. pack it in or settle mm. for something. And, mate, talk to us about, because those who aren't watching and listening, <coughs> Drew's rocking the RDM shirt. He's one of our coaches now. He's our mindset coach and does a phenomenal job in, in helping the boys realign with what they need to do depending on you know, the stimulus or what they're exposed to, which is the environment, isn't it? Like, yeah, there's so many things happening all the time to us with our work, our families, all these micro transitions, and it's it's hard work. Like, yeah, of course, we get the guys fit and strong, but it it all comes down to the real estate between the years, and that's why we love having Drew on board and and where you're at. And to get to that, which is it's pretty amazing how that's worked as well, really, (laughs) when I look back on on how we've come (laughs) together. But fatherhood, man, like, what's it like? Tell us about, like, when you became a dad, what was it like and um, and up to now? Okay, well, I always wanted to be a dad. Even growing up, you go, I'll probably be okay at this mm-hmm. and look forward to it. And then re- the reality hits. It's fucking hard work. <laughs> it's um, real hard work. And it, it's more getting your head around what you have to do, not just for yourself, but also for your wife, for the child, for the family as a whole. Uh, and then you ride the waves of and the troughs of what's going on now. Like Every day is different with a kid, mm-hmm. especially when they're really little. Like one day you go, Beauty, I've got their routine nailed, and then the next day they throw you the biggest curveball, and you go, what? "That worked yesterday." I don't understand why. Why are you screaming at me? And uh, so that was really hard. And also being a shift worker for me myself, 
Mm. Um, the hardest part was being home a lot mm. and not really having that outlet. Um, I was home, my missus went back to work and so you just said, you're the, the dad with the kid in the park, the sole dad, and mm. you got all the mum's groups and, but there's quite a, even now, and it's changed a lot since we've had Addison, mm. but um, even now there's still that stigma and um, with blokes, oh, not blokes, but society looks at you like, why are you home with your kid? And, mm. and even the other day we went to the shops, I'm doing the groceries, we do it every Thursday, and, oh, you, um, daddy's babysitting today. And he goes, no, I'm not babysitting. I'm being a parent. And uh, <laughs> it's my child. It's my, my choice to have a child. I'm not babysitting someone else's kid. No, it's mine. And and uh, that, that, just that mindset the society still has towards it. I really struggled with that when I was, mm. um, when especially early days. And even up until she was probably maybe three, it was, mm. it was hard for me to, like, you'd go out and do things. And even when... She was able to go to the bathroom by herself. You go right out. You need to go to the toilet, beauty. You go to the carers or the parents' room, and, and you still looked at what well, what are you doing in here, kind of thing. And mm. yeah, well, my kid needs support, man. Like, come on. Mm. And so that's that's it's, it's more society stuff that I struggled with, and and like the the different waves that you have to ride with with children all the time. Because mm. as I say, is every day's a roller coaster. Mm. And look, her and I'll go toe to toe. The next day. It's like nothing ever happened. Or even 10 minutes later, mm. you could be screaming at each other one minute and then 10 minutes later, it's fine. And it's mm. all done. And, oh, I love you, Daddy. And you go, okay, where'd that come from? <laughs> it's like a massive gut check out of, out of the history. And you just go, mm. wow, I don't mm. understand. But okay. <laughs> mm. You hated me a minute ago. <laughs> and I know it's just going to keep going through through that cycle for years. But um, mm. it's just more trying to get your head in perspective as to what's going on. With, with the kids and that, so I really struggled with that. Yeah, and it's um something we don't really understand, do we? Because we rarely have memories below five or four. Mm. But it's unreal the changes they go through. Oh, yeah. Crazy what they yeah. go through. Their hormones, are pill think puberty's bad. So well, what's mm. going through there? Because Stella, my daughter at the moment, is three. She's on her way, and um, and Lily in <laughs> six months, she'll be following suit. And yeah. it's just uh, yeah, the the change in emotions, mm. like the hormones. It's great. The teeth, the teething, what they go through, the growth, growing pain. Oh, it's unreal, isn't it? Oh, it's unbelievable. And then you sit sit there and you think, like, imagine like, stuff that happens and the stuff, the stuff they do, it frustrates you, it frustrates me, frustrates your wife, and you get there and you go, imagine what it's doing for them. They grow exponentially, especially in that first sort of two mm. years. Then they, they still grow pretty quick after that. Mm. But that for so long they just go, like, they're this big and then they're this big. And then imagine how much agony they'd be in, oh. and they're, they're learning things all the time, and they can see yeah. things, and they're, they're tasting things, and yeah, listening, yeah. and you just go, "Wow, yeah, it must just blow their minds." It's unreal, isn't it? Because they, mm. they don't know, they don't even know what the concept of patience is. No. They haven't been here as long as us to no. develop or build out that that level of you know, yeah. just sticking it out or seeing it through or resilience, mm. as I've said earlier. But it's, um, they're very little, they're egocentric little beings, <laughs> <laughs> and they want it now. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. I grew up with brothers, so I had no idea when it comes to Stella, yeah. and now I got another girl. It's just, yeah. uh, it's, I'm not sure what to do except just a few arm curls and keeps weapons in the house. And that's about it. For eighty years, uh, I think I'll be fine. 
she's got enough spunk that yeah, she wouldn't take out anybody. Yeah, it's <laughs> uh, that's what I'm trying to gear Stella up for. Yeah. The point where me and Crinton probably feel sorry for the bloke she brings <laughs> over. <laughs> we had that joke at the gym the other day, and um, she sat down at the table, and one of the guys said, "What are you going to do when, like, she's 15, 16, and boys are hanging around? I don't have to worry about it." And they go, mm. "Why?" And I went, and I can't remember what I what I did or what I said, and she bit at me straight away. And went, and I went, "See." Case in point, I don't need to worry about anything. I feel sorry for the poor bastard who does this. He gets there. He wants to have his wits about him. Yeah, right. Absolutely, absolutely, uh, cracker. And uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm curious though. Those who don't know too much about RDM, it's a coaching group that is that we have now that's growing and. Obviously, with RDM, most of you guys know if you've been following me, what I'm about and the vision behind helping fathers create a shift. And it's just really bizarre how it came about because Drew's name was always familiar. Like, your name was always familiar. And I think it's because you shared and supported all the CrossFit comps I've done over the years. And you messaged me here and asking questions about it and whatnot, trying to rally people to do it. And when you smash Randy. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) That was it. He saw me once at regional in tights. and That was uh, love. That's right, yes. (laughs) Should have worn undies under the tights. <laughs> or courtesy pants. Yes. <laughs> Patch the holes in the back. <laughs> wear and tear points. <laughs> it was a wear and tear. It was. That's part of the outfit. We've got the arseless pants. It's got a panty. Yeah, it was really funny. And then when RDM started to, to build and grow, engage more and more with that and caught up and met in person and... Now I'd say the rest is history, but I'd love to just hear on your end, from your perspective, what's drawn you into what's now looking to become, you know, a, a flourishing movement and also opportunity to work together to to deliver a different scope or lens for dads to see and get the support they need. Like what led you to that, man? Like and I'm, I'm not saying, you know, why, why do you like me or, or love RDM and led to that? I'm not looking for, you know, um, praise in that respect, but just being drawn towards a vision or a movement or something that you feel connected to. It, it's more that, especially being a, a, like, like yourself, a reasonably fit dad and you see so many people that we went to school with like our, or our age and they look 10 years older mm. and or they're overweight, they're going through the motions. Some of them hate life or they're not that they hate life, but they're just not exactly happy. And RDM... Is shifting that away from dad bod. Why do you need dad bod? Why can't you, if you want to be? Why can't you be ripped like um, but, but, well, like Arnie? If that's what you want, mm-hmm. and you can manage to fit that in with the rest of your life, well, then you do it. And it's more about having that that um, dad life balance, so that you're not busted and destroyed at sixty. Mm-hmm. Like you see, so many guys that are, you know, that they're ill, and you just you can tell by looking in their face, and you go, okay. I haven't seen you in 10 years, but you look sick. Mm. And just because you can tell the, the health in their faces and, and they might not be in a good headspace either. And I've lost a few guys that I know to um, mental issues. And I went, well, that, there, there needs to be a way to fix that. And mm. Where you've got everything starting to line up, where you have your nutrition, which is tailored to each person. You've got your exercise, which is the same. And... You get there, and and I've seen a lot of your videos where you you worked on getting your head right, and it's down like you you do make sure that it's down to them. The person has to have that 
not, not, not a killer instinct, but they need to have that attitude to get after it themselves and to make mm. themselves better and mm. to bring themselves above the line so they're not just getting sucked into the, the usual KFC, nine to five, I'm eating shit, I'm turning out shit, and this is what life's supposed to be like. Mm. Life is supposed to be so much better and so much more than that. And that lined up with a lot of stuff growing up with my dad. Dad was always really good at um, getting out there. Every weekend we're always outside doing stuff, mm. whether it was helping him with the yard or he'd take us on the bikes and all that kind of thing because um, mum worked mostly weekends. So it, we always made sure that we were fed right, but we'd go out and do fun stuff and, mm. and had that balance between um, sucking the shit sandwich and having a great life. Mm. And mm. so I got, I got there and I see so many guys and being in a, a bit of a dirty headspace myself when Addison first came along, I see so many people stuck there mm. and you need to get them people unstuck. Mm. And there's so many dads that are just sitting there and going, because you take so, so much on as a dad. You go, even you take on all the stresses of yourself, you take on all the financial stresses of not just yourself but the family mm. and you take on all the extra stuff that compounds as from being a dad, as you know, like, okay, I've been at work for 24 hours, but then I come home and now I've got to put the washing on, now I've got to do this, now I've got to do that. And then you, if you don't set your mind right, it'll just feel like it just compounds and everything just gets on top of you and you go, I don't really enjoy this. Mm. And so you go, well, there's, there's an answer here. There's, there's a way out of that. And why can't we help guys turn that around? Mm. Yeah, not to mention lacking that connection as well, mate. Yeah. At least you've got all those roles there. Yeah. There's still your yeah, relationship. Yeah. And, exactly. And, and, and how many people that do you see that don't really have a relationship with their missus? Mm. It's like two ships passing in the night. Mm. Or they, or there's plenty of people out there that don't even sleep in the same room. Or one, one the dad's asleep mm. on the lounge all night because he's tired from working and she's in, she's put the kids to bed and all the other stresses have worked on it and they're like on, on tenor hooks. So, mm. and I'm incredibly lucky with my wife. We, we're on the same page for virtually everything. Mm. And, uh, like we're in a really good place. So we just get there and go, like, why can't that, why can't everyone have that? Mm. I don't understand. Mm. And, and for us, like, we understand that like, things get in the way, but we go, why, does, why isn't everyone like that? You have your ups and downs, but essentially you're still you guys mm. and you're still you, you, like, you're still you and you're still the couple and you're still the partner and then you're also now a dad. But there's no reason why that all can't meld in together. Mm. and become one mm. rather than having it all split up all over the place and you're not happy with anything. Yeah. So, yeah, and there's some hard truths too, man. Like, it's, like I don't got that much flack sometimes I do with some of my ads or my videos when I talk about not having sex, not respecting yourself or looking in the mirror and feeling like a flop and all these different mm. things. Like, this is real, man. Like, yeah. I'm going off the data. Yeah. Like, when I'm having conversations and talking to dads and a lot of them are in tears and, and talking <coughs> down about their whole life, it's like, well, this is the, the shake, the shake up or shake down in, in shifting the state and not just being the whole, oh, yeah, you're okay. It's just, a, you know, you, it just is what it is and accepting that instead of going, like you said, by the time you comes around you're 60, you're falling apart. Well, marriages have broken down. Did they need to? Mm. You know, you're living a life with regret. Did you need to? Mm. You're not connected with your kids who are now either teenagers or adults. Mm. Did it have to be that way? No. Not necessarily, you no know. Way. Um, and this is for 99%. There's always variables and things we don't control, but for, for 99.99% of it, mate, there's there's always a way. And mm. It's funny, like I'm, I'm 34. I think you just turned 38. Yeah. 
I'm 34 and some people look at, oh, yeah, you're 34, you're still young, eh? Well, yeah, you might be 50 or 60. Mm. Do you remember when you were 34? Yeah, you do. That's how quick it is. I already know how quick it's going to go. And it's probably going to go even quicker than that. Oh, yeah. It's going to fly. You know, yeah. We have pretty good because we're in it all the time Mm. with shifting the real estate and the six inches between the ears and whatnot. And I've got a pretty good understanding of of myself and awareness and and realising the value of time and I like to the nth degree and I still feel that's off the mark. Oh, yeah. Look at all these other people. It's just... To just become in the rut and you just mm. yeah you just a dad well no you're a man who has all these additional pressures mm. and burdens and now life's falling apart and, mm. and what do you do and, and um credit to you mate for seeing that gap and looking to want to you know move into a space where it's something that needs to be done and said where i, I don't know about you but i personally don't feel there's enough out there for dads with real impact not, mm. not really no there's um there's nothing really except for maybe a few places where you can get, go and have a vent, mm. but there's no actual way of going, okay, what can we do to help you fix that? What can we, like, so, like you say, you, you might be 20 kilos overweight, you've got no energy, so you go to the gym, but what about the rest of the stuff that goes along behind that as well? Mm. Where mm. So they've only fixed one part of that. Or you go and catch up and um, it might have a dozen blows that go and get barbie, have a barbie every week or every fortnight. Okay, but you're only having a barbie and you're just having an event and having a bitch about the kids and misses and the situation. You're actually doing, there's no plan in place mm. to make that greater and change that. Mm. So that in two weeks' time, you come back and you're still bit pissing and moaning about the same stuff. So why, mm. there's got to be st- something more done to be able to go, okay, yeah, put my hand up. I'm a little overweight. I'm a little dirty. Like my head space isn't good. Misses and I don't talk enough. We don't connect. We don't communicate. Um, I've got the shits with the kids. I'm not happy with my job and all that sort of stuff. Why can't you change it? Why, mm. why do you have to be happy? Or well, it's happy because you're not happy. Mm. Why do I need to do that just because society has turned it into that? Mm. Why can't I be great? Why can't I go, okay, you know what? Bang. Yep, I've lost that weight. But now my, my mental state isn't still isn't great or I'm still not communicating with the missus or, mm. or whatever. So going to the gym's fine, but that's only got me half like, part of the way mm-hmm. there. It's a full journey to come full around. Yeah. And as you as you know, like one, if the motivation drops off, then the, the gym drops off. Yeah. And the gym gym drops off, then you're back around the same cycle, and you're back in the pit where you were. Mm-hmm. And so all the work you've done to climb out, because it's only one one rung of the ladder, mm-hmm. you slip back down again. So it's a great way to explain it. Mm-hmm. So true as well because you can flip that and go, okay, I don't even do any training, but I really work on myself mentally and mm. I'm in a really good place mentally. But how long can you hold on to that? Yeah. If you're, and I don't care how much better weight, but if you're 20, 30, 40 kilos overweight, mm. physiologically, you're not tapping into what you can become and your energy output and everything mm. lacks. Might be better than when you were 60 kilos overweight. Yeah. Still not, yeah, yeah, yeah. still not going to put you in an optimal no. level of being. Mm. And when that temporary, Motivation, looking up, looking up quotes, or yeah, yeah, watching yeah. some YouTube clips. When that yeah. borrowed certainty disappears, mm. the shell is just remain remaining with something that, mm. again, like you said, you've only squared away one place, mm. and it's come back and I'm back to the old person mm. or the old version. And that's a that's a big thing, mate. And that the reason why RDM is the best, and I'm not seeing, and uh, this isn't opinions; it's results and what we're doing, is because we listen. Like everything, people, everything you guys see out there is a result and feedback from data. Now I'm listening. We can do training programs. I was speaking to you about this earlier. Mm. We can employ the best nutritionists in the country and they can prescribe something 
is the dad going to action it? Yeah. Have, you connect, have you connected? Do you know what time he wakes up when he goes to sleep, what he does for work? When is he going to do some exercise? Mm. Morning, night, how's his body? What's his circumstances right now? You know, like when you, when you listen and you look at all that, you gear everything around what, what's necessary. And with the dads, we've got a, an amazing approach with the nutrition, which is unique and it's everything in how it's encompassed around their life, mm. which means it's personalised and achievable based on the stage of where they're at, based on what they weigh, the results, the outcomes, what they're looking to achieve, yeah. which means I don't need a degree in dietetics or be a naturopath or nutritionist to understand that it comes down to connection, right? Mm. And when you get that connection and there's purpose behind that connection, in context, like you said, you can square away all areas, mm. not just get fit in the gym, yeah, yeah. but your home life still sucks. Yeah. You don't understand what it means to enter different environments and you can't connect with the missus and you've got a short temper. And mm. It's all of it. That's what we encompass. And um, how have you found RDM so far from a coach's point of view in seeing what we do, what you do, and also so much of what's left to be done as well? Oh, yeah. There is a lot, a lot, to, lot to do. There's a lot of work there working with the guys to get them to a point where um, <clears throat> they're consistently going to be kicking goals. And even to the point where there's days that the guys have flat spots, they go, man, this is, I'm not sure if this is for me. And you go, okay, but just stop and look back where you were. Like you're having a bad day today, but look at where you were 12 months ago. Hmm. What does, how does that compare to where you are today? And they go, oh, well, yeah, you're right. There's, it's amazing. And you go, well, okay, so something's working. Mm. Yep, beauty. And I like getting the um, the feedback from reading all the data and, and when the guys put their entries and stuff in to be able to say, okay, um, you know what, I had a bad week this week with my food, but it's, it's I'm picking it up now. And then even um, with the mindset stuff and they go, oh, I really struggled this week with this. But I've also identified from what we've been talking about and, and, and the videos and all that sort of stuff that if I do this, then it starts to pick up or um, I've actually tried this technique in my training and that's what's happened. I've, I've noticed a massive change here and even just put positive mindset change. And even if it's only once a day, it's, it's enough that the guys are going, oh, actually, this is okay. This is good. And, and that's when I sit back and I'll, I'll read that and I go, yes, they're getting above the line. This is a, this is amazing. They're not sitting there getting sucked into the pit because they're there going, no, nah, you know what? I've had a bad day. I've taken the hit, mm. and now I know how to be a bit more resilient and get get through it. And and watching the guys um, just smashing their training and guys that want to lose weight, their main goal is to lose weight, and they're losing a heap of weight. And, and but then they're backing that up by building muscle and mm. and that kind of thing too. And, and guys that are not only cleaning up their own diets, but that's flowing back through to the family. So that way, their generation, the next generation now, mm. is going to be a lot healthier straight away because they're not eating at McDonald's 27 times a week. Mm. They're not eating at KFC. It's okay for once every so often, but you need to make sure that you've got a, a decent diet, clean, mm. cleanish. You can still have little bits and pieces here and there if you wish. But this, the idea is context and being able to put the, um, to build that standard, we'll call it the gold standard where you mm. want to be, to be able to show the kids and their kids mm. and the generations after that how to, how to like, be human. Mm. and be decent humans, <coughs> oh, pardon me, because like our time is only what, 60 to 100 years, mm. if that. So you want to be able to get as much done, as much good done in that in that time as mm. you can. 
mm. and enjoy it rather than, like you said before, looking back with regrets and going, oh, I should have done this, or I should have done that, or I wasn't happy with this. Or why why do you have, not have to be happy? Why can't you just go, okay, I can change something here? Mm. Whether it's I'm happy with the job, okay, I'll, I'll change jobs. And as long as you've got a plan in place so that you don't struggle financially, you go, okay, well, we're going to change jobs. Mm. And bam, um, I'm not happy with my weight. I'm going to change that. I'm not happy with how I, th- I, th- I think and feel about myself or with the family. I'm going to change that. I'm not happy with the environment that I live or um, the environment, environmental relationships in different places. And you go, well, okay, so what can I t- do to change that? Mm. If you can't change that, how can you change your own mindset towards something that you can't mm. change? Mm. And then that in turn then shifts so that you go, okay, well, I have to accept that because I can't change that, but I can change the way I think of it and feel about it too. Mm. And so then that could just it's a full cycle to come back around. Reckon people can do that on their own? No. I oh, know I haven't. Yeah. I've had to put my oh, hand up and go, food. mate, I need help mm. and, and gone and seen a counsellor about different things that I've had and mm. and then plus um, which then in turn made me look for a, a better network of um, people to confide in and all that mm. kind of thing mm. too. So you gotta you gotta pick the right people. If you pick the right if you pick someone who lives their life below the line, cruising along going yeah, but what about this and what about that? And and mm. sucks you down even further. Well, they're not someone that you need to confide in. You need to someone that is happy to be able to give you advice, but from a, a different perspective where you're not in at that point. Mm. Like a higher perspective. <clears throat> Spot on, mate. O- on the money with that, absolutely. And that's something where I'm doing a, I'm going to do a podcast episode shortly about tribes mm. and environment and how important that is as well. But you hit the nail on the head there. I took the words out of our mouth. I was going to talk about standards. Mm. Standards, man. And, and yeah, you're right. Like, do you want to have 60 years of impact and influence in this world? I want to have 600 years. Mm. doesn't mean I need to physically be here for no. that. I want to have 600 years of impact. How about the next five generations? Mm. You know, and, well, six generations unless they become superhuman and <laughs> yeah. live for 120 yeah, years. Yeah, but, yeah. And it's, mate, a big part of life is about standards. You know, and we reach down and, and we will help pull you up, but, pull you up to a higher standard of being because we are a byproduct physically and mentally of the standards that we set in ourselves. And they can change. They can You can shift a view of, your, of what your standard can and could be and your perception of a standard. But for me, maintaining, like you said, through yourself consistently is what truly defines what your standard is, mm. not just for yourself, like you said, for your children, what yeah. you're passing down, that gold standard, which is that's our monthly mission in our group, actually. Standards and excellence, they are the two buzzwords, <laughs> the two keys that we're focusing on this month to go, you're here right now, you're all on your own evolutionary journey, and this is the standard that we hit. Do you need to jump to there in one step? No, we'll show you the way, and your way is different to all these other ways with the underlying principles and foundations that become the tribe, the community. And that's something that's, I don't know, man, like I said, we, we listen. I listen. I've listened. I've trained dads. I'm old school. You know, I've got older brothers. So when I started PTing at 17, I trained dads. Mm-hmm. Even though I wasn't one myself, then I'd become one. It's like shit. So I've listened for over 20 years, mm-hmm. as well as obviously having a father and being around lots in the gym. And that's why I see it as a whole thing, which mm-hmm. you, you obviously understand. And you do see it now. You, you're in the trenches with us. And mm-hmm. it's not just one aspect, is it? No, no. It's no. everything. So it all interflows into in together. You can't have one bit without the other. Mm. And that's where, like I said earlier, I just see a big, a big gap. And I think there's a space there right now 
not not to things like um, yeah political correctness or some, maybe some of the extremities of feminism, but then also what a lot of the minorities, small, very very small portion of men, did in the uh, in the twentieth century as well. But looking at it all across that plus our fathers' fathers and their fathers hitting them and beating them and telling them not to be a little yeah. bitch and don't cry yeah. has led to it being a very tough landscape to navigate in the modern world as a as a man, but then extra. Again, yeah. As a father, and I think, mate, I think personally, that's why it almost seems to me like no one's really taken the bull by the horns and run with it. Which is why you can see what we do as coaches is maintain that level of tenacity and standard. First, by example. Second, by showing, and third, by the father discovering. This isn't just telling you, you know, or lecturing. Mm. And by holding that standard, yeah, we can break through, but it's not easy, which is why I'm not doing it alone as well, yeah. mate. You know? and, and that standard, you, you might set the standard here today, but over time and discipline, the, the standard's going to be there. Mm. So your line's just going to exponentially go up mm. and everything else underneath that, you're going to kind of get there and go, I don't have time to delve and get sucked into that anymore mm. because mm. it just brings you up that little bit um, further. Yeah, it certainly does, mate. And um Oh, I love having you in the in the team with the with the coaches as well. Got a good good coaching crew, and um, you know, where to? What's what's something that you want to achieve? Like, I'd, I'd love to talk about the personal goal. And we'll, we'll wrap up this episode, mate. It's been awesome having you. But something personal that you want to achieve within yourself, and maybe with RDM as well. But moving forward over the next um, you know twelve months, next twelve months is to help as many blokes out as I can, and to help get that to break that cycle and get them to a better place and to be able to understand that they need to be accountable for their own actions and accountable for their own training and all that kind of thing. But there's also support there for them if they ever need it as well. So you're not just going, oh, man, I can't, like you might have a shit day and you can't do this anymore. You go, you can. Hmm. And then you go, I'll tell you why you can because tomorrow's another day and there's another opportunity to go and chase stuff. And then rather than getting sucked back down the the drain, getting your accountability high, Stay above that line, mm. and and work from there. So and like like we mentioned before, like you go okay, I'm having a bad day today, but where was I 12 months ago? Your your bad day line has already jumped up. Mm. So rather than being here where your bad day line was before, now here is a bad day, and but you've already grown that much in that time. Yeah, like your bad day's higher than what your best day was yeah, 12 yeah. months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get so, it. Now. So then you see um, that. <laughs> that in turn creates a better and a more functional society. Mm. You know, have a, a little bit less, um, well, there's going to be a lot less sickness and and even environmental awareness and all that kind of thing. And, you know, have people that are, are more attuned to not just their own bodies but how they um, interact with everyone else as well. Mm. So rather than having massive fights at the lights like they do, especially in Sydney, where oh, that guy cut me off and now they've got lights red, so what am I going to do? I'll go and punch him in the face. Maybe sit back and go, okay, maybe he didn't see you. Maybe there's a reason why he did that or he's not just been a jerk for the sake of being a jerk. There's been a whole cascade of things to get to that point. So just be more aware of, of that. <clears throat> Pardon me. Just to kind of be more aware that you're not the only being on the, on the planet. Mm. And so you're there to set an example for the new ones coming through to be better again. Mm. Mm. Absolutely, mate. That's something that will <coughs> certainly, certainly have impact and be reached from that ripple effect through, mm-hmm. like I said, helping helping as many fathers as we can break through mm-hmm. the right way, the right mm-hmm. way. 
Like this isn't a social group where we get ten thousand together. Yeah, it's just, not just in the park. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> if you need a hug, I'll give you a hug, but I'll also give you advice on how to fix it. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, yeah. Give you some some hard truths that you need. Yeah. Um, Four yeah. months later, if we have the same conversation, I'll go, why are you still crying? That's right. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I'll give you a hug now. Uh, if you have the same conversation in 12 months, why are you crying? That's right. I've given you, I've given you help. Right. <laughs> and you've done nothing. Exactly. exactly. Uh, mate, it's been good having you on, Drew. Thank you. Mm, yeah, thanks for joining us. Hope you guys got, Thank got you very much. Put a lot out of this. Do you have any, um, actually, to finish up, do you have any any funny or bizarre stories from the fireys? Something that just was just real funny or, or stuck out or... Oh, it's a cracker or some stuff we've got to keep confidential. Yeah. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. You, you do come across some weird things that um, people have been doing to each other mm. and also some weird toys and things and you go, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, 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 try, I try to think, think that I have an open mind and then <laughs> sometimes you go to work and you get a call and you go, oh, wow. <laughs> okay, um, maybe I live in a cave. I'm not sure, but you just get there. Yeah, that was that was interesting. <laughs> uh, but, but, um, yeah, there's some definitely mm. some funny stories I can tell you off air. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. The, the point of that is, guys, that there's only one way to truly toast a marshmallow. <laughs> Stick with that. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, Craiger, thanks again for jumping on, mate. No worries, it's been awesome. Be good having you and. Uh, Thanks for tuning in, guys, whether you watch this or listen to it. Hope you had a uh, had a great time and had a ball. Reach out if there's anything you need. Or you know what? If you're a guy out there who's looking to join the fires and you're just struggling, you're not sure what you need, don't, don't have to be a father. Um, but if you, if you ever want some advice or need help or anything, sing out, contact us through RDM, and I'll, I'll happily um, chat to Drew about if it's something you want to link up with to get some advice from the main man, the expert, and I'm sure he'd be happy to help out. But an expert's a drip under pressure. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> but uh, crack up. But uh, look, in, enjoy, enjoy this, mate. It's been good. It's been good chatting about all things um, related to yeah, your life and your journey as well. Yeah, well, thank you. It'd be fascinating, mate. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Have a good uh, day, night, afternoon, weekend, whenever you listen to this. If I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, good night. <laughs> Is it? Oh, it's the side up. Stay frosty. <laughs> stay, fr- <laughs> That's a- stay frosty. He says it in Stay frosty. That doesn't mean eat frosties. Still, I, <laughs> yeah. still I had Fruit Loops the other day. I was like, it's amazing. Give me some. <laughs> Killer. Anyway, yeah. thanks, guys. Take care. We'll see you soon. <laughs>